This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Tim Fitzgerald at GoPowerCat.com. And I'm Scott Jason with Fog.net. This is a replay of WIBW's TV show, The Drive. Here's this week's episode on the 24-7 Sports Podcast Network. Wildcat and Jayhawk fans and welcome to The Drive sponsored by FlintHillsAuto.com. I am Tim Fitzgerald of GoPowerCat.com. The man on my right is Scott Chasen of Fog.net and Kansas beat Kansas State by four and K-State fans are counting that as a oh, victory. Oh, hold on. Let me let me actually that's, stop that's you there. I, We're going to mark that up as no, a victory. Right I need there. to stop you there and just quick quick technical foul okay. just, to, just for you on that one. So take a point okay. off. I'm uh, actually going to three victories in that. Biggest victory was for the refs who got to make themselves a big part of the game. It was, they were really involved. <laughs> and they had a great performance. Well, uh, not by America's standards, but right. by the by, blowing the whistle standards. Their ref buddies called them up and said, good job going to the <laughs> yeah. monitor that early. That's, That's what good. it was. You can interact with us on social media at facebook.com slash the drive show on Twitter at the drive 13. And of course, answer our weekly poll question and make your game predictions at the drive And remember, if you ever miss an episode of the drive, you can listen to an audio only version that will appear each Monday morning in the form of a podcast at both GoPowerCat.com and Fog.net. And we start things off with our two-minute drill. The two-minute drill is sponsored by Hula Hands. They've been expecting you. Now let's eat. Devon Dotson carried the Jayhawks to a win over Kansas State with a 25 points showing on Saturday. Scott what Stood out about the point guard's game, other than the fact that he is really, really fast. Yeah, he's, he's really, really, Ooh. really fast. I, I mean, end to end, uh, you know, maybe uh, De'Aaron Fox would be the, the only one I've covered, at least, that, that could match that speed in the open court. And uh, there have been guys he's gone up against who have maybe had enough burst or, or the ability to contain him uh, or keep him from getting to the rim like he did against Kansas State, but not many. I mean, that's really not that many matchups. Maybe you're talking about Baylor with that, but uh, just Dotson's ability both in the full and half court to kind of weave around, fight through contact, and finish inside. And uh, he's, he's come a long way just in terms of finishing uh, and picking his shots, not taking the wrong ones. Uh, deciding basically, hey, when it's time for him to take over, something he's exhibited this year that I think has really shown itself down the stretch is just this idea that when things aren't going right, he's going to be the guy to settle them. Uh, whereas maybe early in the year when things weren't going right, he was as big a part of that as anyone else. So I think he's figured that out. He's learning how to lead a team. Uh, and I would just say this too, Devon Dotson only had one assist. Only had one assist uh, in that game against Kansas State, and I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. I think when KU lets the other guys who are maybe better facilitators and passers, guys like Marcus Garrett, maybe even Christian Brown a little bit, uh, when the Jayhawks put them into a position to facilitate and say, hey, Devon, you're going to focus on playing defense, and you are going to get to the rim and score and force help, basically get downhill, get past your guy, and get the K-State defense out of, out of sorts, 
I think that's when Devon Dotson's at his best. So even though he only had one assist, I think he can still impact the game all over. Uh, I think it's just a different kind of point guard than maybe some of the guys KU has had. Man, there was one play in the game, and, and my seat was just to the left of the basket, and he came right at me, and he got to the rim so quickly. It was absolutely mm. awesome to watch. I mean, he was just just a bolt and Kansas State couldn't really react to it. Yeah, and I, I think the last two games maybe he had got a little tired. You had started to see him wear down a little bit and uh, you know, Bill Self even said something, I think it was after they played Oklahoma State where he was like, hey, you know, you're seeing a tired guy out there clearly getting, what, four days off or something yeah. brought that burst right back. He's young, so. Yeah, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. Well, Kansas State put up a tough fight but lost to Kansas. Fitz, what did the Wildcats do right and wrong on Saturday? They played really good defense. Mm -hmm. And, and I, I say this also, I think they caught KU on a day when they weren't shooting the ball. The Jayhawks were not shooting the ball well. But Kansas State took advantage of mm -hmm. that and really did play a pretty impressive game on the defensive end. They were incredibly disruptive, particularly in that first half. Uh, an incredible stat from the first half, Kansas State, was trailing by what, one at halftime? They had three defensive rebounds hmm. in the entire first half. That means KU either made a shot or turned the ball over on every possession except for three. And it was absolutely incredible to watch uh, K-State defend in the first half. They kept themselves in it. <clears throat> but it gets back to the underlying issue with this team. It doesn't know how to score. And they had a lapse of about seven and a half minutes in the first half and five and a half minutes of the second half. You know, if you're taking 13 minutes off from scoring in a 40-minute game, uh, you don't stand much chance. And, they, you know, they ended up, I think, what, 24 points in that second half. Yeah, they, there's just no way to win a game. They just don't have enough offense. They don't have enough answers. They don't have enough players. They uh, again played without Martavius Murphy, who oh, excuse me, Montavious Murphy, who is probably just shut down for the year now because they're worried about his knee. Uh, why risk it at this point? So they really kind of went into this fray with eight guys. They got into some foul trouble. They got tired. Uh, you know this. This was about as good an effort as I've seen from Kansas State, even though the offense was so pitiful. Mm -hmm. They seem to be more focused from beginning to end in this game than they have been a lot of times this year. And I joked at the top of the show about going to count that as a victory. Well, I thought it was a good sign. Mm -hmm. uh, it, the last two games, it kind of looked like K-State had cashed it in for the season. And now all of a sudden, maybe they're not quite done yet. They have a couple winnable games. But this season has been so dreadful. They're now 2-14 and 14 in the conference. Mm -hmm. Even if they win both of those games against Oklahoma State and Iowa State, they will still be last in the conference. Yeah. I, three I mean, games in, in the south into this conference. Talking about offense, which you mentioned, I mean, you even saw in, the, in that video two of those shots by Sneed were, I mean, incredibly difficult mm -hmm. mid-range shots, but credit to him, uh, obviously, for making them. Uh, I just think, and, and you kind of highlighted this, when K-State is at its best, at least when it has been, and just, again, watching from my perspective, it seems like defensively that's where it all gets started, even when you have guys like, you know, as, as recently as last year, Dean Wade, who could knock down shots from the outside and really power your team. It, it's still got to come from that defensive Yeah, it, they've got to play good defense to be in the game because they even when they have good offensive players, they don't have a lot of offense. We'll get to that later in the show. But uh, they have to have someone rise up and really get hot. And that person wasn't there in the second mm -hmm. half, unfortunately. Texas defeated Texas Tech and TCU upset Baylor. Scott, what did you make of the chaos in this Big 12 conference yesterday? I think with Baylor, 
I, I wow. think that was coming, but it was still surprising because Baylor had kind of skirted by, at least if you looked at some of their season numbers, with like a lower margin of victory in a lot of these games than you'd expect. And there were a lot of times games where, you know, Texas, the, the one at Texas comes to mind and, and Oklahoma State even, where they should have been up by more, they had the ability to put a game away, and just somehow they're not doing it, and they're letting this team hang around. West Virginia, uh, by the way, was another example of that. When they beat West Virginia, but uh, again, they let a 25-point game or whatever turn into a, you know, 15-point game, and now all of a sudden you're leaving with a not great taste out of your mouth. Now. Uh, TCU was up by a ton. Baylor obviously, you know, had a late charge and, and nearly got right back in it at the end. But uh, I think this tells you there are some Big 12 teams playing desperate, as Bill Self mm -hmm. said after the game, uh, because they believe that they can still make the NCAA tournament. Uh, I think that also tells you some of these teams at the bottom of the league, they're going to be harder to play in these final few games. I look at Kansas. Uh, Texas Tech maybe would be fired up anyway. They lost to Texas, as mentioned. Uh, but TCU is a game that comes to comes to Lawrence this Wednesday for Senior Day, and we'll talk about this in a little bit, but Kate might not have Yudoka Asabuki for that game. So the, the bottom teams in the Big 12, to me, seem like they're really desperate and playing for a lot. It's crazy. Texas wasn't even on the bubble a few weeks ago. <laughs> they weren't anywhere near the NCAA tournament field, and all of a sudden, I think they're in right <laughs> now. Oklahoma uh, goes and gets a big victory. West Virginia has just gone <laughs> in the tank. They, they've fallen off, and, and offensively, I mean, we always knew it was rough, but what it's become has, has been a real challenge for them to score. Man, they're in the bottom half of the Big 12 right now. Mm -hmm. That is hard to believe with the way they started out. Yeah, and, you know, Bob Huggins, to his credit, has obviously, I mean, he's accumulated a ton of wins. He's, he might be the most winning coach in the conference just on career numbers because he is, he is ahead of self, I believe. But, I mean, even so, I'm not going to say a guy is over the hill. But offensively, that system needs uh, an update. It's been that way since he had guys like Javon Carter yeah. uh, and uh, Staten. But, you know, eventually you don't have those dudes who are four-year players who are great over a long stretch yeah. of time. You, you do have to update. I'm familiar with not having dudes. Mm. I've been covering that. Yeah. <laughs> now a quick look at your poll question results. Poll questions are brought to you by Film at 11. Your go fast, look good, play hard, custom shop. Well, last week's question was, how many teams from the Big 12 will make the NCAA tournament? Simple enough. And we go to the results, five teams getting in 40%. That was the number one choice. Four teams, 30%. Six teams, which fits now looking a little possible. That oh, got 20%. And any other number, 10%. That may be because people thought coronavirus might cancel the tournament. That's true. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. We could all be sick. <laughs> That's nice. That's a good thought. This week's question is this. Kansas has a one-game lead in the Big 12 with two games to play. Will the Jayhawks win the title outright? A vast array of answers for you. A, yes, B, no. I hope you can remember those. Vote at thedriveshow.com. Well, that will do it for this half of the two-minute drill, but we will be right back with more on KU and K-State on The Drive. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.
Welcome back to The Drive as we continue our weekly two-minute drill. The two-minute drill is sponsored by Hands. They've been expecting you. Now let's eat. Yudoka Azabuki appeared to roll his right ankle potentially twice in KU's win over K-State. Scott, what's the level of concern over that injury right now? I think there is some level. The sky is, is not falling in Lawrence by any means. The latest update coming from Bill Self uh, today on Sunday is that uh, Yudoka Azabuki is... Uh, questionable for the game against TCU on Wednesday. So Self doesn't know whether or not he's going to play. He's in a walking boot uh, right now, but I don't think that's necessarily cause for concern. Uh, Marcus Garrett, fun fact, has actually been walking, wearing a walking boot since the Iowa State game in January. Uh, he wears it around campus. It's to protect his foot and an arch issue he's been having, but obviously he's played in every single game this year. So I, th I think uh, that doesn't necessarily by itself have to be cause for alarm. What maybe might be is the fact that overnight, I guess, Self uh, said that it swelled up uh, a little bit more. So now all of a sudden you have this injury where uh, Azubuki goes down, looks like twice he stepped on another player's foot, nothing malicious or, or anything like that at all. Nothing, not a guy, you know, shooting a jump shot and someone slides over him. That's obviously not Azubuki's game, but uh, that happened twice and he took another fall where he landed on his tailbone and his back. And so that probably doesn't feel good, but uh, for Kansas not having him there, you know, it's, it's kind of obvious what the drop off is. You have uh, you know, a guy who could be the team's most valuable presence just in terms of what he brings to you uh, when he's on the court and what you're missing when he's not on the court. And think about senior day, not having Doak. You're down to David McCormick before Silvio De Sosa's uh, suspension is up. It'll be up for the Texas Tech game after that. So uh, all of a sudden, KU becomes extremely thin in the front court. You really got David McCormick and whatever you can get out of Doak. And uh, even though Azubuki didn't have a huge game against Kansas State, Self said it was just important for him to play to, to eat up some of those minutes. They need him in the NCAA tournament. This is not a Final Four team without Yudoka Azubuki. They won't be able to survive if they get into the wrong matchup. But if they can get him at 70, 80-ish percent or something like that, very similar to the Final Four year two years ago, they, they definitely have the firepower uh, to get that done. So we'll track it and we'll, we'll see what he's like. I mean, this is one day out from the injury, so you don't really know yet. I was really surprised he came back and played. Mm -hmm. It looked really, really bad. It looked like he wouldn't... You know, they kind of scraped him up and he limped <laughs> off and he went to the locker room and then uh, Bill Self touched his ankle and Mr. Miyagi him and he came out and played. Yeah, uh, funny enough, Bill Self made a joke about it afterward. He said uh, how he went down, you would have thought, you know, amputee. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, sometime, you know, Bill Self at times has made jokes about, hey, you know, if, if Doak might be a little banged up, they don't even ask him about it because they know he's going to be like, coach, I can't play and, and whatever. But Self did say he showed some toughness coming back in. Interesting, he actually worked out with the strength coach on the baseline like doing stretches mm -hmm. right before he did. So at the very least, they felt like he was good to go from that. He impacted the game, even though his stats weren't great. Yeah. Well, Kansas State defensive coordinator Scotty Hazelton only stayed one year in Manhattan. Hazelton was hired Friday by Michigan State to be its new defensive coordinator. It's how did this go down, and what does this mean for K-State football? Well, a strange time for coaching movement, but this is all set up by uh, the retirement at Michigan State, Mel Tucker from Colorado coming mm -hmm. in at a weird time, and then he puts together his staff. And the last position he identified a need for was a new defensive coordinator. And Scotty Hazelton really caught people's attention for with what he did this year with Kansas State and that defense because uh, Kansas State had the second best third down defense in the entire country and only gave up about 21 points a game in a league like the Big 12. So, I mean, he really caught people's attention. And Michigan State wanted him and wanted him badly because they basically doubled his salary 
from $550,000 to more than a million dollars a year mm -hmm. to be an assistant coach. Uh, and off to East Lansing he goes. He didn't want to leave. Uh, I had just spoken with him a couple weeks earlier and he talked about how much he and his family loved Manhattan and they loved this coaching staff. But boy, when you get an opportunity like that, it's a really nice program. East Lansing's a wonderful college town mm -hmm. and there was a million reasons to take that job. So he, he departs and what it means for Kansas State is now they have to continue to play the same type of defense they did under Hazleton who really uh, rebranded the culture on the defensive side of the ball and reinvented them from being a really passive sit back and you know bend but don't break kind of defense to one that was tended to attack more, mm -hmm. at least posture more, confuse quarterbacks more. I expect them to hire from within. Uh, I don't know if that's safety coach Joe Klanderman who came from North Dakota State or cornerback coach Van Malone who has defensive coordinator experience. I think they will probably promote from within and go hire a young linebackers coach uh, to take the position mm -hmm. coaching duties at Hazleton vacates. Surprising. I, this staff appeared to be uh, sticking together after the one year together and that's hard to do when you have that kind mm -hmm. of success. People come in and try to poach you. Um, but yeah, it, it worked out for the Hazleton family and we wish them well because Scotty uh, was one heck of a guy and, and a really nice coach, really nice guy. Kind of the opposite situation in Lawrence right now with so many of the KU staff kind of turning over, keeping the offensive coordinator, although it is Les Miles' third offensive coordinator, uh, still the same defensive coordinator, but a lot of those assistants. Yeah, yep. A lot of movement in that profession. Mm -hmm. And now we step out of bounds. Well, on Friday, it was announced that YouTube TV would no longer carry the Fox Sports regional networks due to a contract disagreement with new FSN uh, owner Sinclair. And then on, on Saturday, a temporary agreement was reached, but Royals fans who subscribe to YouTube TV, Sling, and other services may eventually lose access uh, to Fox Sports Kansas City, which carries the Royals. So Fitz, sort this uh, out and what this all means. I mean, this is a... This group, FSN, is the Yes Network out of New York and, and a bunch of Fox Sports Regional. Mm -hmm. You've seen Southwest, Kansas City, Midwest. It goes all across the country. And Sinclair just bought this group of uh, cable stations. And now they're in a really precarious position because they need to raise money. They need to get you know more fees paid to them so they can continue to get uh, these contracts because they have a lot a lot of major league local coverage contracts like the Royals. Mm -hmm. uh, and YouTube TV said, no, we're not going to pay what you're asking. And it looked like it was going to be over for the season. Now they've reached a temporary agreement. I expect them to pull the plug on that temporary agreement as soon as the season starts to really make it hurt for YouTube. But uh, we'll see how it all plays out. Cord cutters, beware. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the reasons we chose YouTube was the sports package, but also the access to WIW and local stations. Mm -hmm. uh, and now, you know, some of that has been taken away, but so be it. Uh, yeah. it you just kind of have to find your plan. It is still available on Hulu and, and uh, AT&T streaming plan. Mm -hmm. And that's really it. And if you're Sinclair, you got to be on. Yeah. I mean, I know you, you want more money, but getting no money and not having viewers Seems like the worst case scenario. It definitely seems like the worst of the, yeah. the lesser, the worst of two evils. That works. I'm not sure, but yeah. it stinks. It stinks, and we'll see how it all plays out. But uh, hopefully, I'll be able to watch my Royals. <laughs> I just, I, I need something. Yeah. Right now, I'm, basketball's been so bad. I'm looking forward to the Royals. <laughs> That's it. Well, hey, let's let's keep on that train of thought, and, and <laughs> let's hear from the fans. Our, our fan question this week uh, is: Fitz was. 
K-State even running an offense against KU, and that's from Thomas and Womigo. One, I should say that KU's defense this year is absolutely masterful. This is a really, really good defensive team, mm -hmm. particularly when they have Doak on the floor and he can guard the rim. They can really pressure out there on the wings and take things away. But for the most part, no, Kansas State was not running much of an offense at all. They stood around. Yes, they were tired. But really, this motion offense that Bruce Rubber runs seems to be predicated on the fact that, hey, someone go make a play. Uh, and there was really nothing coming from the bench to organize a, a set or play very often that maybe got his team out of the ruts they kept getting into offensively. It'd be nice to have some things drawn up off the sideline to get a quick basket and get things kind of relaxed back there on the floor. Uh, but it was a point of frustration for a lot of K-State fans, Scott. They just really struggled to run offense. And, and I think you put it perfectly. Kansas plays defense at, at a great level. They're one of the best defensive teams in the country, if not the best. But that doesn't mean the other team can't do things to score. Iowa State and Oklahoma both scored 70 on Kansas, so K-State can too. K-State almost broke 60 points. Almost. Almost. Well, remember to ask us your questions on our Facebook page and on Twitter at The Drive 13. And when we return, we will look at our predictions here on The Drive. Third. I want to go back to normal. What's normal? The Paramount Plus original series, Evil Returns. We've already hunted werewolves and demons. And now what? A baby antichrist? Okie <laughs> dokie. Prepare yourself. You will not beat us. For the end. I have visions of hell. Make it stop. Make it shut up. You're not gonna survive this. Evil. The final season. Streaming May 23rd. Only on Paramount Plus. Welcome back as we head down the home stretch of this week's show. Now it's time to take a look at your predictions, our predictions. The predictions are brought to you by Vanderbilt, your work boot center. Remember to make your weekly predictions at thedriveshow.com. Let's look at last week's results. The viewers went one and two, I went one and two, and Scott went two and one. And if you recall, we picked the outcome of the game. You got that right. Mm -hmm. We picked uh, leading score would be... Devon you, Dotson. Right, you mm -hmm. said KU, I said K-State. And uh, somehow I got the technical yes right because an absolutely ridiculous double technical call. We needed it though, so mm. we got that down. Here's this week's picks. And we start with Oklahoma at TCU. We said it is a pick 'em. Make it nice and simple. Who's going to win? You say? TCU. I'll go with TCU. I like TCU. Next, Iowa State at Kansas State. Fitz, who you got? We pick 'em here too. I'm going to go with Iowa State. I'll go with Kansas State and not feel great about it. I think Kansas State like six weeks in a row. Yeah, that's working out well for <laughs> Our last game of the week is Kansas minus one and a half at Texas Tech. Will KU win by two or more on the road? I think dependent on the play of Azabuki, if he's good to go, I'll take a Texas Tech team with more to play for. Maybe Doak doesn't play. I'll take KU just because it's weird that you took K-State and I took KU. Mm -hmm. Again, make your picks over at thedriveshow.com. Now it's time for our On the Clock segment. On the Clock is brought to you by Carpet One. Buy local for a strong local community. We start with Scott Chasing of Fog.net. Well, the NFL Draft Combine, everyone knows about it. It's been going on, and Kansas had a couple of players receive invites, and one of those was Hakeem Adeniji, who, uh, by all accounts, has really impressed at the event. You know, he kind of measured in, I guess you would call it, at 6'4 over 300 pounds. He uh, was in the top five in terms of verticals. He had a 34-inch vertical. I'm not sure, uh, for, for his position, that is. I'm not sure how much that helps you as an offensive lineman, but uh, good for him. Uh, 
to, to be able to do that. And then a 5-17 40-yard dash showing he's one of the most uh, athletic, you know, all-around linemen at the event. He played gardens and uh, tackle at KU. He could play all the positions. Uh, at least that's what the reports are out of that. So a very impressive slate from Hakeem Adeniji. Kind of a disappointing crowd over in Manhattan on Saturday. Two sections in the southeast corner were empty that belonged to the students. And normally I would chide the students, but you know what? I don't blame you. Let's just move on to another season and get K-State basketball hit the reset. Three games to go, two in the regular season, one in Kansas City. We'll see what happens. Mm -hmm. And that's it for this week's edition of The Drive. We will see you here next week and all week on social media. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball. And baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does. <laughs> Nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.